vocabular? Yes, Bob. I noticed some visually unpleasing markings on the side of the ship. Plus, the nebucluster is not shiny anymore. Yes, Bob. I had a little accident. The drive through the Earth establishment, Starbucks. We need to enhance the outside shell of our ship back to its pleasing visual stimulation. Let's go visit Rico in Michigan. He knows how to strip the paint from our ship so we can repaint it. Navigate the craft over Michigan. Our global navigation system has identified this basement. Land the craft in the backyard. Where is everyone? No organic clone type beings that look like their parental units. No female mate type of companion. Only Kaylee. Kaylee. The furry one. Take us to your Rico, canine species. What? Where's Rico, girl? I'm running it through my universal translator. She says she misses her pet Rico. He is establishing his remuneration supply in the adjacent state named Ilionis. Ilionis? Yes, Ilionis. Okay, thank you, furry fanged wonder. We are forever in your debt. Let's go find him. Yes, let's. Here, I took this from Rico's basement. Let us partake in refreshment on our journey. <laughs> Green tea? Yes, I have Gator Aid. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Bob and Gebular. Yeah, come see me in Illinois. Or whatever Kaylee told you. Yes, just follow her uh, instructions. And uh, thanks very much for that uh, from uh, the Moyers. Uh, another uh, great uh, Bob and Gebular bit for us to start this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi from Rockford, Illinois. Here uh, it is uh, February the 7th, 2010. It's a Sunday. This is podcast 265 for the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. And Rico, your host again. This week on the show, we're going to be covering... Uh, I've done this a little bit in the past in different themes. and different. It's come up at, at different times over the uh, months and years of doing the podcast, but... This uh, week specifically, I'm going to talk about uh, short-lived sci-fi and fantasy-type shows, uh, basically TV series that lasted a season or less. There have been just tons of them over the years. Sci-fi is kind of, I think we're kind of, we have the record and maybe kind of a little notorious for having TV shows that start and, and sometimes don't even make it a whole season, make it for part of a season, and get yanked off the air before we even really know what the you know, what? what's going to happen with the show, they, they leave you hanging, and, and all kinds of things like that. So I've picked out a, a, a small group uh, of shows I wanted to highlight. I've also got uh, several listener uh, comments about shows that they have enjoyed 
in this category of short-lived sci-fi and fantasy. So uh, that's the topic for this week. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Trek and other things to start off with like we normally do. And um, that's about it. So let's get rolling on this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dusty. Prepare to download my program into the autonomous emitter. Treks in Sci-Fi. Stand by to receive our transmission. Your weekly dose of sci-fi information and geeky goodness. Treks in sci-fi. brain never ceases to amaze me. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Rico. Transfer complete. All right. Uh, as I've normally been doing the last few weeks, I guess, I, I kind of can fill everyone in about, uh, you know, things in uh, beautiful Rockford here and, uh, you know, the job and all that. I, I guess there hasn't been in the last week uh, a lot of changes. I, I got myself uh, that bed that I talked about on last week's show. I, I went out and uh, rented a pickup truck, and now I have a queen-size bed to uh, to sleep on, which is a lot better than that air mattress, so... Uh, what else has been going on? We have, uh, haven't really been having any bad weather, not like the poor people in the Washington, D.C. area that just got pummeled with snow, uh, you know, like three feet or something like that, crazy. You know, anyone listening in that area of the country, you have my sympathies. (laughs) Although it can be kind of fun when you have that much snow, as long as you're safe and sound and you have power still. I know a lot of people there are without power, and and those people that are without power still probably are not listening to this podcast, and uh, unless they have uh, you know three G abilities and all that kind of wireless stuff. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, the the weather here has been calm. They've been threatening snow here and there, and we're supposed to get something this week, but not uh, anything too major, I don't think. And I am planning on going back to uh, Michigan uh, next weekend. Uh, Finally, it's been a few weeks, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. The job is going well. Uh, Not a lot of changes. It was a busy week last week. I have a feeling the next week may be a little bit calmer. We had a kind of a big project to get kind of, well, one phase of it we had for this paint uh, project that we're working on there. I can't really say too much. It's all very (laughs) hush-hush. Oh, whatever. You know, it's touch-up paint, whatever. Anyway, uh, it is, uh, we got kind of through one little uh, phase of that, and uh, that, you know, we'll just move us on to another phase, but uh, that was keeping us pretty busy last week, uh, especially Friday was a pretty hectic day. So, uh, but it's going well. I'm enjoying it, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just that this still that continues to be the most difficult part of the whole thing is being uh, away from home. As Bob and Gebular found out, uh, you know, I miss uh, Kaylee and Lynn and, and seeing my boys, even though they're at college, at least I'd see them once in a while. Lynn's been going to see them at Michigan State uh, 
to kind of give her something to do on the weekends too. So it was my uh, older son's birthday a little more than a week ago. I might have even mentioned it on last weekend's podcast. So anyway, she saw them. And uh, I guess that's about all that's new for me. I've got a few other little things for the place I'm living in, just little odds and ends that you need, and, uh, you know, a pot holder and, and a, I don't know, a colander I needed. I made some spaghetti last night, so, uh, you know, all that kind of fun living in a house kind of stuff. And today is Super Bowl day, even though I'm not really a big sports fan and and all that, so it's, it's not a big thing. I, I'm more probably interested to see the commercials for that, so... I am still trying to catch up on TV. I've got my little list here by the computer of shows uh, that I've been catching up on on Hulu. I'm still a couple of episodes behind on most things. I haven't even started to watch Caprica yet, which uh, I'm not sure. I know they re-aired the pilot on Sci-Fi, and I think they've aired maybe two other episodes up until this point. Uh, I want to check those out uh, when I get a chance to, to see how that's going. I enjoyed that pilot movie. Pretty much, you know, this is uh, it, it's certainly not Galactica again, but I think they have some interesting ideas and things going on in this show that uh, that can make you think a little bit about uh, yeah, just lots of things. So I'm I'm anxious to get started on watching that series, and I think that's all. So let's take a, a very short break. I'll be back and we'll talk a little bit about Trek, and and then move on to the main topic. You've heard his spoken word dramatic readings of such songs as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and Rocket Man. Now, Emmy and Golden Globe winning actor, novelist, and musical genius William Shatner finally speaks the lyrics of your favorite WWE superstar entrance themes. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the looks that drives the girls wild. I've got the moves that really moves them. I send chills up and down their spines. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. And what about this timeless classic? Your time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. It's a franchise, boy. I'm shining now. You can't see me. My time is now. Yeah, that uh, that little bit there was, I guess, William Shatner did uh, hosted some wrestling show, WWE uh, wrestling thing recently, and they had that little kind of a commercial ad there for his singing of these wrestling themes that these individual wrestlers have for themselves. So he did a little bit of his usual kind of his way of singing, which is sort of saying the words dramatically, I guess you could say, and call it. uh, But it's pretty funny, I thought. And I didn't see the show at all. I think that was possibly on the time when I didn't have really the ability to watch it, but I'm not a wrestling fan anyway. Even if Shatner's hosting, I wouldn't probably bother to even flip it on. It's not that, um, well, maybe, you know, with YouTube, you can see these little clips anyway and see the funny parts. So what else uh, related to Trek? I uh, I haven't still had a chance to, to really try out this Star Trek online game. Every time I sit down, finally get a little bit of time to play it, I end up trying to log in and I get these like 
you know, hundreds of people queues that they have when the uh, servers are overloaded with people, they limit the number. You know, if you have too many on there, basically the server can't handle it. So they have a, you know, some threshold of number of players that they allow to log in. And if they're above that, you have to kind of wait until other people log off. And, you know, when I, I tried yesterday to get in and there was like a wait of like 750 people. Now, granted, this was on a Saturday afternoon and it was probably busy, but, you know, they, they need to change this and fix this pretty soon, in my opinion. I've read some of their notes on their website. They say they're adding capacity and all that. But, you know, I also just read that they had like a million pre-orders or a million orders for this game. So could not someone do the math and figure out what, you know, those numbers of players would mean to what they needed for server capacity and all that. I mean, I'm not a genius in in this kind of stuff, but it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult. Now, I understand that you don't want to go over capacity, that you sort of balance it with, well, not everyone is going to log on at the same time situation. However, there's got to be sort of a general rule and a formula for doing that. And, And yes, the first few weeks are always the busiest, and sometimes people will, you know, when you buy the buy the game, and, and I have to thank Lynn, my wife, who went out to GameStop back home, where I had pre-ordered the game, and she managed to pick it up, and it was no big problem at all, even though I had been trying to change the pre-order and where that was. She just walked in and handed a credit card to him, and, and, and the name and everything like that, and it worked just fine. So that's sitting at home for me, waiting for me, but she told me my activation activation code over the phone so i was able to you know activate the game and, I, and they give you a what i was getting at you get a 30-day uh a free month i guess you could say when you buy the game the first month is basically paid for with buying the game after that it's the you know 15 bucks a month or a little less if you do longer uh time frames for your uh you know for your sign-up period and your membership or whatever i think they're still even offering that 299 300 uh, lifetime membership, uh, if you want to pay that. Um, I know one of the guys in the forum, Joe, Billy Bob, did that. And it's, you know, it's hard to say right now how the game is going to all go. I mean, I, you know, if I would have, you know, known I would have been playing World of Warcraft years later, it would have been nice to have a... I don't remember if they ever had a lifetime membership offered for uh, World of Warcraft, if you could do that. I don't think you can do it now even, uh, you know, to, to sign up for a lifetime for the rest of, you know, however long World of Warcraft goes on for. But anyway, so I am in my first free month, and I think the game people realize that, you know, a lot of people will play that first free month. Maybe they're not all that enthralled or entranced by the game, and they'll just stop playing. So if you buy a bunch of servers for all this extra capacity, and then say in a month you get a big drop-off in, in people playing, well, now you've spent all this money on hardware, and you don't need it really. Now, there's, a, again, a balance, and these guys have to make the decision for themselves. But I will say, it, and I know other people have been having a little better luck logging in, and I, and I know I'm doing it at prime times, but that's about the only times I've had lately to try it. But uh, So I'm not saying, you know, it, it's just frustrating because I've really wanted to get into it and try this game. But again, every time I do it, now I, I've left my computer running, and I did get in it last... Uh, when was that? Earlier this week, I think. But I played for like three minutes, and then all of a sudden, boom, crash. I would I was out of the game. I don't know what happened then. I don't think it was my computer. My computer didn't crash. It was just I was I was basically logged off the server. I think the server itself, the game server, crashed or something happened. 
So uh, I've tried a few times. I'm going to try later today, I hope, and, and really give this a go. I mean, it seems like people are enjoying it. I'm still a little uh, mixed on, on the things I've been hearing about their gameplay. There's a lot of space missions. You know, maybe two-thirds, three-quarters of the missions are are space-related. And, and, well, that's okay. I guess it depends on how they're run and how the kind of variety. If it's just like, okay, here's your ship, and maybe with some other ships, uh, friends helping you to f- to fight off another fleet of ships. I mean, how many times can you kind of mix that up and make it different? I don't know. Uh, but I'm more interested in visiting, you know, planets and see aliens and creatures and, and stuff like that than I am battling it out in space. I mean, that's okay, but I'm, I'm really more interested in the ground stuff myself and, and, you know, different varieties of missions there, maybe some diplomacy missions, explorer-type missions, uh, just first contact. I mean, there's a lot of things they could come up with. And again, I haven't had a chance to play yet, so we'll see how I, uh, what I think in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm sure uh, when a few weeks get settled into the game and they've, they've tweaked things, it will be a lot smoother and I'll really have a chance to get into it. And I'll continue to report on Star Trek Online on the podcast. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. We want to definitely get into talking about these various shows. Oh, I just tapped the mic. I hope you didn't hear that, or maybe you did. But, uh, well, first off, we'll take a short break. I will be back, and we'll start our discussion about uh, short-lived sci-fi and fantasy television shows. Hi there, this is Rick Moyer, and I'm proud to say that I'm a geek. I love listening to Trek's in Sci-Fi podcast. In fact, it's the first one I ever downloaded, and I still listen on a weekly basis. I'm also the host of Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I talk about all sorts of geeky things, including my faith, television shows, movies, science fiction, and I share some cool music, too. If you want a refreshing look at life with a geeky twist, come take a listen to my program. It's called Take Him With You. You can find it on iTunes, or you can go over to TakeHimWithYou.com and listen now. Thanks, Rico, for everything you do. I just love Treks and Sci-Fi. Okay, I'm back. I'm going to go over, uh, like I said, you know, various sci-fi. I think these are mostly sci-fi, a little fantasy-ish stuff thrown in here and there, but mostly on the sci-fi side, I think, are the ones I've picked. But um, I've got no particular order, but I will say that most of these shows, I've talked about things in the past, older sci-fi shows that lasted a short time, things like uh, Misfits of Science, uh, Man from Atlantis, Logan's Run, you know, things. I, I'm trying to cover this time out uh, shows that I have not talked I- as much about, at least, with regards to, you know, being a short-lived sci-fi or fantasy show, if you understand what I mean. I, I tried to pick some newer ones, things that have really, most of these, I think, are in the last, you know, decade or so, uh, at least the ones I want to talk about. I have, like I said, some people that have sent in audio comments that I'll intersperse through uh, the shows that I'm going to talk about. I think I've got like a list of only five that I wanted to cover for this time. I wanted to play a little clips from them and also uh, just give you some background. So the first show, let's just get into it. The first series, this one uh, premiered, I think it was a Fox TV show, which is, uh, (laughs) they tend to actually be uh, quite a few of these over the years. There was a great bit on Family Guy. Uh, you could probably find this 
clip on YouTube, but there was a great bit on a family guy one time of Peter going through. I think they had just he was commenting about how Fox, you know, had them and canceled them and all that kind of stuff. And he talked about all these TV shows they had for a short time and canceled them. They weren't just sci-fi shows, but eh, quite a few of them were. Uh, And he just rambles off this whole list of canceled uh, Fox shows. Just search for that with Family Guy, Fox, canceled TV shows on YouTube. You'll find the clip. So anyway, first series I wanted to talk about. This was a real interesting one, I thought. And it it sort of has sort of sci-fi-ish overtones to it in a way but not maybe as heavy as some of the others. Um, But the show is from, uh, it started in September uh, of 2002 and did in April of 2003. Again, I think it was on Fox, and it starred Dominic Purcell, uh, who later went on to do Prison Break. He starred as a character named John Doe. And this character had the ability basically to recall any real factor figure he was almost like a a walking encyclopedia but the twist he had all this knowledge and information in his mind and brain and everything but he didn't know he 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 was a blank slate as far as his past who he was that's why the series was called john doe he couldn't remember he wakes up kind of in this island uh in this field and out in the woods naked he has no memory of how he got there who he is and all of that let me uh Here's a little blurb I found online. The series is about the life of John Doe, a mysterious man who rises from the primordial waters of an isolated island, possessing knowledge of literally everything in the world, yet having no memory of who or even what he is. Doe quickly finds his way to Seattle, where he befriends the police and uses his special gift to help them solve impossible crimes each week while continuing in his unending quest to uncover who he is and where he came from. It is, uh, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. He uses his uh, gift and abilities to help the police while he is also trying to piece together his life and figure out what's going on. Now, the the show ended in a kind of a big cliffhanger. I won't say that much. I think it only had like 13 episodes total or something. I'll have to look at that while I play. Here's a clip from a John Doe and gives you a little taste of what he can do in his abilities and how much uh, knowledge he has in his brain, except, of course, of who he is. Who are you? What's your name? I don't know. Hi there. Uh, I was just wondering. Ask me a question. Hey. It's an experiment. Okay. What's your name? Not that one, something else. Look, I'm really quite busy. Yeah, I'm looking for some book. It's called The Golden Pantheon. Golden Pantheon. Essentials of Incan Pottery, copyright 1963, R.E. Reynolds, Dewey Decimal 615.9-DC21. Your guess is as good as mine. What's the population of Morocco? 30,645,305. If you like, I can break it down demographically. Okay. How many M&M's coming up? Plain 60, peanut 25. Come on. Come on. Four questions. What's the tallest mountain in the world? Mount Kea, Hawaii. No, Everest. Mount Kea rises 33,480 feet from the base of the ocean. Beats Everest by a mile. First line in Macbeth. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? In the hurly-burly's done and the battle's lost and won. <laughs> Sorry. That was too late. 
Okay, so that gives you a little taste of the show and, and uh, Dominic Purcell playing the character of John Doe. There was a lot of mystery going on, and it was a really cool series. I, I really enjoyed it. I like Dominic Purcell as an actor. I think he's real interesting, and I, I like this show quite a bit. And it turned out, well, I don't want to say exactly what happens in the last episode, but you still are left with a lot of things hanging. And I think somewhere out there in a magazine article or online somewhere, the people that worked on this show kind of gave us some information on what was going to happen later on. And that's what's been happening in the recent years uh, with some of this stuff. It's kind of nice that some of these series that have ended, there's the ability to to find out maybe what the people had in mind who were working on the show, what they were planning. Uh, I was wrong, too. It was a little longer. It was more episodes than I thought. It was a, it was a whole first season. They actually ended in um, April of 2003, the last episode called The Rising was episode 22. And this is all out. Uh, I think I think just about every show I'm going to talk about today uh, of my list that are from the last you know decade or so that have aired are all available out on DVD. And even though, you know, there are a lot of people that will say, you know, hey, this show never really had a conclusion. It only lasted a, a season. Why should I bother watching it? Well, I think you're missing out if you take that you know, road and, and, and that's what you think. I think there's a lot of cool stuff to see here, even if they isn't, you know, quite finished or resolved. Uh, it, you know, a couple of, one of these shows in particular, I think, has become such a cult classic that uh, to not watch it just because there's only a season plus a movie around for the series would be, again, I, I think a great disservice. You really deserve to uh, watch all of these shows and take a look. They're all very interesting and have a lot to offer and, and different in their own way. And now to uh, break this up, because I have three or four of these, I'm going to play um, a clip here from, this one's from Brompton Boy on, or Peter from the forums, and his comments about uh, what he thinks, uh, what he likes about uh, short-lived sci-fi shows. Hello, Rico. Hello, everyone in the Treks and Sci-Fi community. This is Pete from Philadelphia, also known as Brompton Boy on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums. Rico, I'm uh, answering your call to uh, discuss favorite short-lived sci-fi programs. And one of my best, one of my favorites, rather, uh, is uh, something that will probably show my age here. But uh, in the late 70s, taking advantage of the popularity of Star Wars, I loved this short-lived program called Quark starring Richard Benjamin that was shown on NBC. A Quark was a was a, basically a, a very frustrated uh, captain who had been given command of a garbage scow rather than a more glorious assignment that he would have preferred. Uh, Richard Benjamin played Quark. Uh, it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek sci-fi program and uh, one of my other 
favorites on this program were uh, kind of another stable of uh, the late 1970s, the Barnstable Twins, who some of uh, the other listeners out there might remember them from uh, a double mint gum commercial that uh, aired in the States. Uh, he, as I say, he was a frustrated captain who wanted a, a little more, and uh, he always ended up getting these miserable, somewhat comedic assignments. Uh, I think it only lasted for like maybe six or seven shows before they pulled it. Uh, I I really enjoyed it, but I guess, uh, hey, you know, uh, it just didn't sell. Uh, this always re- made me think that uh, it was an inspiration for one of my favorite Sierra games in the mid-80s called Space Quest, where you had Roger Wilco, who was a space janitor, and he got into all sorts of uh, different different trouble. <laughs> Very enjoyable. Well, take care. Uh, I just wanted to give you that one comment, and uh, I'll see you guys on the forum. And remember, there is no sanctuary. Well, thank you, Peter. Thanks much for your comments, Brompton Boy, about uh, Quark. Yes, I, I remember that show quite a bit and, and, and fondly. I have their, they are actually, uh, not that long ago, the DVD set came out. There are only, yeah, it is only seven episodes, and they're only like a half hour long, so it's not a lot of content, and that's a definitely a short-lived sci-fi series. It, it was, uh, the pilot was on in the spring, actually just a little before Star Wars came out, spring of 1977, and then the rest of the episodes didn't air until 78, which is kind of weird, uh, and there was only, like I said, seven of them. Another actor on that show, uh, besides Richard Benjamin, that I enjoyed and showed up in a lot of movies, those trancer movies, is Tim Thomerson, who played uh, Gene Gene. He was like the, I think, the engineer on the ship. And uh, he would kind of uh, switch sort of from sort of a male to a, a more female persona during the show. But anyway, it, it's, a, it's a funny show. A lot of, uh, you know, really kind of campy humor now. And, and this, the effects and stuff look pretty clunky. But it, it's worth seeking out just for nostalgia, I think. So thanks for your comments, uh, Peter. I really appreciate it. Okay, next up, I want to talk about a show from, this one was on NBC not that long ago, just a couple of years now, in the fall of 2007. This was a time travel series. The series is called Journeyman, and for a lot of people, this was a very similar series to the show from NBC from years back, uh, starring Scott Bakula called Quantum Leap, of course. But I think this show had had quite a few differences and, and certainly was well uh, worthy of, you know, watching it, just, you know, not thinking it's just a copy of Quantum Leap. The biggest thing about this show that was different from Quantum Leap is that the main character, uh, Dan Vassar, played by Kevin McKidd, he basically, when he time traveled and it starts, you know, the pilot episode, he sort of starts to time travel. He doesn't really know why or how or whatever the cause is of it. But rather than in Quantum Leap where he, where Scott Bakula's character would, would leap from life to life and in, inhabit sort of these characters in these bodies, uh, Dan Vassar basically, you know, he actually went back in time. His his body, his his whole being, he would disappear from the present and go back in time somewhere. And he bounced back and forth between sort of the present day and the past. And, and the problem, the big you know, hitch about all this is that he couldn't control it, of course, and he had a family in the present, and it, it kept tearing him away from his wife and his kid, and, and it really disrupted their lives. And, and I was when I was collecting and getting together to, things to do this show, and I was watching some clips of this, uh, I kept thinking about my 
current situation and being kind of ripped away from my home and my family and my life, uh, not time traveling, but just, you know, six hours away by car in another state working. So it's, uh, you know, I could empathize with, with what his plight was and what he was going through. Uh, let me s- just give you a little summary here off uh, the website. I- I'm getting a lot of this information. A great website for this kind of stuff and episode guides and things is just uh, TV.com it is a great place, a great resource. Um, anyway, Kevin McKidd from uh, the-, the HBO series Rome stars as Dan Vassar in this new series from NBC that aired in 2007. In- <laughs> I need more tea. Uh, well, Bob and Gebular stole it all. Well, no, that was in the Michigan tea. Dan is happily married with a son. He seems like he has everything going for him, but then Dan ends up traveling into the past. He changes people's lives, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, but sometimes not even. During his travels, he meets up with Livia. He was engaged to her when uh, just before she died in a plane crash. So there was a lot going on with this romantic angle of, you know, Dan's got a wife and a kid in the future, not this Livia character, but he travels in the past and runs into her before this plane crash thing happens. What Dan also does, unlike in Quantum Leap and other things, is that he goofs up a fair amount of the time. He's not good at this. He he's he he tries to fix things. He tries to do things, and it, sometimes it creates bigger problems for him. And he has to fix what he's what he's fixed in a way. Uh, so let me play a clip from Journeyman, uh, a great series NBC from just a couple of years back. This one, for some reason, is not not out on DVD yet that I can find, but uh, I'm sure you can find it different places online, you know, different ways of watching it. There's all kinds of things out there these days to watch this stuff, so I don't know why it's not out on DVD. Anyway, here's a a little clip from Journeyman. Katie says you disappeared for a couple days and didn't know it, and you went back in time. Something like that. I saw Olivia. Olivia's been dead for nine years. Olivia! Do I know you? Not yet. This is going to sound crazy, but two people are going to die tonight. The show is about a man who suddenly, involuntarily, is torn back and forth through time. Where have you been, Dan? I saved this guy's life, and then I woke up. Well, that's great. How about sticking around here and saving this one? He's torn between his past love of his life and his present love of his life, which is his wife. He has separate lives, truly separate lives, in different time periods. Hey, what are you doing here? You're never home during the day. It's a lot of things wrapped up in one. There is a mystery. There is an edge. There is romance. There is um, time travel. And I love those kind of stories that you have to think, and when you watch it, you're sort of trying to figure it out. How does he explain that he's time traveling? How does anyone explain that, right? I mean, without sounding like a crazy person. How long have you been in here? I don't know. Yeah, well, this ain't no bed and breakfast. You want to ride? It's a fun concept. It's very entertaining. You can go anywhere with this show. It's a great opportunity to engage your imagination. That that what if, what if this could happen? What if, you know, this actually existed? It's a premise that you can really let your imagination run wild. Where am I? Golden Gate Park. Where have you been, Dan? 
I have been here, here, here in this house, in this city. Well, you've been gone for two days. What if truly someone in reality were to travel through time, and how would that affect his relationships? And how would that? What would you do? What would you do if you woke up and it was, you know, ten or twenty years ago in your own life? It's, it's fascinating. Everyone is here because we care about you, Dan. Everyone here is getting it wrong. I've been where you've been. I guarantee you, you have not been where I have been. Vivian, you're gonna lose, Katie. Not without a fight. I can't. Katie. I'll always come home. So there you have uh, some uh, information, some audio from the show. Uh, I think one of the things that, that, to me, and all these shows pretty much qualify for this, but I really enjoyed the cast uh, a lot in, in Journeyman. I like the the actresses on the show. Uh, Gretchen E. Golf is how you say her, I think her last name. That was the wife. That was Katie, his wife, Dan's wife on the show. There's Kevin McKidd, of course, does a great job. It's Dan Vassar, the main guy. He's a newspaper a reporter, so that gives him a little bit of an edge of, of getting information and trying to find out what's going on with him. And then, of course, his long-lost love um, played, play, excuse me, played by uh, Moon Bloodgood, who was also in that last Terminator film. She's been in a few other things. Uh, just again, uh, and then there was another guy, uh, his brother. I'm trying to remember the actor's name. I could look it up here in a second, but uh, he also played. Uh, he had a sort of a recurring role on the recent series Dollhouse as the the first security guy that was uh, on the Dollhouse. Uh, let me pause the thing here for a second. I'll look up his name. Okay, that was uh, he played Jack on this show, and his name is Reed Diamond which is a strange name. Sounds almost fake to me. I'll have to look that up, too, later on IMDb or something. But he played Jack, uh, the the brother of Dan, and he was a, a police guy on the show. And eventually, well, I'm not going to say too much more. I want you to get a chance to watch this series for yourself. Well worth uh, watching. Only lasted, I believe, for about 13 episodes, I believe. And it was all just like half a season, and then it was gone. Uh, I think a big, big mistake by NBC, in my opinion. I think this show had a lot of potential. And Dan slowly was starting to piece together a little bit about what was going on and why. But, uh, it, again, it's it, it's really something I missed. And I, it had such a – just a lot they could have done with it. I mean, when you when you have time travel involved in a series, you, you, you keep it really um, – you know, there's a lot that you can do. There, and he never traveled really very far in the past, and you know, was within you know, say his lifetime ish period of time, almost like quantum leap in a way. He he never went really like you know a hundred years in the past or anything like that. So, anyway, check out Journeyman when you get a chance uh, and find a way to do it. Hopefully, it'll be out on DVD sometime. I'm gonna play another. Uh, audio clip from a listener here who do we have in the queue for the next one yeah let's uh let's play joe billy bob's clip uh about short-lived sci-fi shows and what he uh misses and has enjoyed in the past hey rico hey treks and sci-fi joe from toronto here billy bob 476 on the treks and sci-fi forums and rico had put out a call for people to talk about some of their favorite short-lived sci-fi series and I will talk about um, one show that I quite enjoyed that only ran for a single season called Space Above and Beyond. Uh, this show was slated to run for five seasons on Fox, and uh, unfortunately it only made it for a single season uh, from 1995 
1996. And it was actually nominated for two Emmys and a Saturn Award. Basically, the premise of this show is uh, it follows a U.S. Marine Corps squadron uh, in the year 2063, and they're aboard this kind of space carrier called the USS Saratoga, and they fly these cool space fighters on uh, missions, and and they also run ground missions in, uh, I guess, uh, an interstellar war against this kind of mysterious uh, alien species that they call the Chigs, and uh, these enemies are always uh, encased in armor, and we've never actually, I think, throughout the entire run of the show, we never actually see what the aliens actually look like. So this main squadron is called uh, the 58th Squadron, called uh, the Wild Cards, and, um, you know, one reason I really enjoy this show is that even though it is set in the future, uh, they didn't change a whole lot about uh, the military. You know, ranks are the same, uniforms effective, actually uniforms are the same, the Marines wear their regular U.S. Marine Corps uniforms that you, you know, you would see today, and um, all the structure is the same, and and all that, so I felt that made made the the stretch of, of putting it in sci-fi very easy to easy to make you know because we had this really good base for uh for comparison to uh to the current day uh the writing in the show i thought was was really well done i guess that's also why it uh it was nominated for two emmys um you know the uh the storylines hit home a lot they they talked about just kind of like star trek they they talked a little bit about genetic engineering and you know modifying humanity and all that so you know bringing some issues um of the day to light and uh you know a lot of the action was well done the effects in the show uh were were pretty good uh it was kind of mid 90s uh CGI one of the first shows that i had ever seen aside from uh maybe babylon 5 that used uh, mostly CGI for the space shots. And uh, at the time, I thought it looked very good. And even now, uh, you know, it still holds up, but obviously it begins to show a bit of its age. So uh, anyways, uh, glad that I was able to talk about this show. Unfortunately, another show to add to the list that uh, Fox only gave a single season to. And uh, I guess that will do it. So thank you very much, and uh, have a great, uh, a great day, everybody. Thanks, Joe, for your comments about uh, Space Above and Beyond. That's actually one of the series, surprisingly, and I don't really remember why. I know I was moving around that time when it was airing. We we had moved into a new house, and, and I don't think we had cable, and the reception out where we lived then was bad. I don't know what... For whatever reason, though, I never saw that series completely. I saw a handful of episodes. I didn't see the whole thing. I know it lasted for a season on Fox. You can get it on DVD. I just checked Amazon. That is available. I'll have to rent that or or buy it on Amazon and check it out again sometime. For some reason, it seems like the type of series that I'd really get into, but I just never caught that one for <laughs> for whatever. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I got a little scared of Fox and, and their cancel-happy uh, you know, ways of doing things. But it does look like, and it's it's very looks like a very much like a precursor to Galactica in, in a way with the whole militaristic. You know, they're on this big carrier in space and go on missions and things like that. And there was what I remember about that. There was a lot of interplay too between the different characters, just like on Galactica too. So, thanks for your comments, Joe. I appreciate it. And um, we're going to move on now to another series that I, I selected for my list, at least of uh, short-lived uh, shows to cover. 
All right, the next one that I was uh, I picked out to cover, this one's more on the fantasy realm a little. Uh, this is, you know, to some people this may seem like, well, let me just say which show we're going to cover, and you'll know what I'm going to talk about it next without beating around the bush. The show I want to cover is from, it started in uh, 2007 to 2008, so for a real recent one here, only a couple years back, uh, the show is uh, Moonlight uh, from CBS. This was a vampire slash romantic slash uh, police thing. Uh, it was uh, kind of in the early stages. Twilight and and the movie hadn't come out and all the vampire. The recent year or two of, of heavy seems to be vampires everywhere. Hadn't really started in my view. I mean, we had had the TV uh, show, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel before this. Uh, but and, and I think this show was kind of similar in, in some ways to Angel. You have a male vampire lead, uh, a, a human female that he gets romantically involved with. Uh, Mick St. John is is this vampire played by Alex O'Loughlin, uh, and he basically helps situations and people with you know he's a private eye. He's a he's a detective, and he gets involved with uh, this woman uh, played by Sophia Miles. Is how you say her last name? I think Beth. Uh, on the show and so there was a very heavy romantic angle to this series maybe to me even more than Angel ever had except at certain times or or even to me more than the Twilight stuff and I have seen the first Twilight movie and I know there's a lot of people maybe listening to the podcast going Rico oh god no don't (laughs) it isn't really that bad I mean it you know I try not to just jump on the, you know, love it or hate it situation that people seem to be with the Twilight stuff about, you know, oh, it's just for, you know, 13 and 15 year old to 13 to 15 year old girls, teenage girls or whatever. I, I think there's some interesting things in there. I haven't read the books at all, but I've always been, you know, kind of interested and enjoyed vampire tales of, of different ways and, and different um, ways of doing it. I've read some books. Uh, and stuff like that. So uh, this, I've been into this stuff and enjoyed it long before, you know, the recent few couple of years of everyone seeming to be, you know, hey, this show would be good. Maybe we need to make CSI Vampireville or something or whatever. Oh, by the way, the other series, it's still going on, so it's not a canceled show. The, the other vampire-related series that I really enjoy recently is True Blood from uh that's the hbo uh series that's really enjoyable i enjoy that a lot Uh, a much more adult take on it i think uh and it is i think that's maybe both seasons are out on dvd i don't know about the second one i know the first one is if the second one isn't out it should be sometime soon but i'm i'm diverging right now let's play a clip and it'll get me back on track this is from moonlight and, and this there's there's a couple clips in here from different points in the series you will uh, you'll get to get a little bit of the overtones of the romance and things from the show, uh, I think, from this clip. And, and for those that are kind of a, a sucker for this kind of stuff, hey, get it? Vampire sucker? <laughs> oh, that's a bad joke. The uh, You will see what I mean when you, when you listen to this clip. That you were right. You were right all along. This isn't about being a vampire or a human. This is about us and how we feel about one another. Right here. And again, whatever. Right now. What was I wearing? Blue jeans, white striped shirt, cream jacket. What about my shoes? 
who bear fruit. How can you remember that? I love that part. Uh, it was a little hard to tell and a little hard to hear, I think. But there's this, you know, that part in the clip where, where basically she asks him, you know, when we first met, well, what was I wearing? And he knows exactly what she was wearing. And, and that's, you know, and then after that, he says, you know, she asks him, why? How could you remember that? And it's because, you know, he says, I love you. I mean, come on. Isn't that nice? And that's a romantic. And I'll have to say right now that when I first uh, met my wife, Lynn, yeah, all those years ago, I can still remember what she was wearing uh, at that uh, party where we met at. So, uh, so there, it's true. <laughs> and and for those listening, for if you you know or have a serious girlfriend or a wife or anything like that, can you remember what they were wearing when you first met? Think about that for a minute. Anyway, Moonlight, great series, one I enjoyed a lot. You know, most of the shows were were basically there was something bad going on. Mick was a was a private detective and of course a vampire and he would help Beth. She was a journalist and, and they would solve, you know, problems and crimes and things like that. But there was other stuff. He, you know, Mick had a had a, a very cool vampire friend on the show which I liked a lot. Uh he's uh Joseph was he was called Joseph Costin on the show played by an actor Jason Doring uh who's who's really good, really good on the show. Very a uh, cool cool character and and added a lot. So uh, anyway, check that uh, series out. That is available on DVD, uh, you know, at stores uh, and online and all that kind of stuff. I know you must be older, but you look about 30. That's how old I was when I was turned. So when I was two. I look 30. When you're 82, I'm still going to look 30. So how old are you really? I'm going to be 85 this November. You've been saying for months now that things can't work between us. That we live in different worlds. And I didn't want to hear you, but maybe you're right. You can't come back to my world. I'm not ready to join yours. Wait, you think that that's what this is about? You think I'm going to want to turn you? Wouldn't you? Eventually. What happens when I start to get old? And now it's time to play another a listener entry into our uh, take on short-lived sci-fi and fantasy uh, TV series. Let's see we've got next up. I'd like to play... Um, I play uh, Je- Jedi Jeff. Jedi Jeff uh, sent in uh, a clip here. I'm not sure. I didn't get a chance to listen to this one yet. So anyway, here's Jeff's uh, comments about short-lived sci-fi and fantasy shows. Hi, Rico. This is Jeff from Canada. Jedi Jeff on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums. I thought I'd send in some of my thoughts on short-lived TV series. I think it's a great idea you have to do a podcast on some short-lived shows because there's so many great ones out there. I'm really looking forward to this podcast and hearing your comments and others' comments on short-lived shows and the ones that they really liked. I'll talk a bit about some of the ones that I've really liked over the past few years. Probably the one I liked the most was a show called Earth 2. I did a podcast last year on Earth 2 for Treks and Sci-Fi, so I'm not going to talk any more about Earth 2. 
Also, uh, another one I really liked as well was a show called Time Tunnel, which was made by Irwin Allen, the same guy who did Lost in Space. Um, some more current um, short-lived shows over the last few years that I really, really enjoyed. Probably the one which jumps out at me first um, the most is one that was on NBC a few years ago called Journeyman. I really enjoyed that show and I was really, really disappointed when it got cancelled. Um, I know the premise was um, probably similar to some of the other shows. Basically, it's a show about um, a man named Dan Vassar who is a reporter in San Francisco and basically he would uh, kind of jump back in time within probably a 30 or 40 year time frame and kind of affect people's lives or change their destiny destinies in a positive way. And I thought this was just a, like a really great show and uh, I was really disappointed that it got cancelled. Had a really great cast as well, like I say, I liked the guy who played Dan Vassar, the lead character. I liked the lady who played Olivia, um, Moon uh, Bloodgood, who showed up in the uh, Terminator movie from the summer. I, I really liked her as well. I also liked um, Dan's brother, uh, Jack Vassar, um, a fellow, I think his name is Reed Diamond. Uh, like say he showed up on some other shows I think um, recently I saw him in uh, in what was it that uh, dollhouse show I saw him I always really like him as well so I really like this cast and I thought it was just a really great show so I was really disappointed when it got cancelled another show that I also really really liked was um, around the same time frame maybe a year or so before I can't recall was a show called Dresden Files I think it showed on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel in the States and then up here in Canada it showed on our kind of equivalent um, channel called Space and I really liked it. It was basically a show about this fellow named Harry Dresden who was a, a wizard and he'd basically take on uh, cases from uh, the Chicago Police Force and he'd, he'd kind of help them solve them with his kind of his unique um, perspective on it being a wizard and then they bring in all these kind of magical type kind of elements into the story and I thought oh, that's a really fun kind of show and I really liked um, I really liked how it went and again another show I was really disappointed that it got kind of cancelled uh, there was some sort of talk that it actually might um, be picked up and for a second season it never actually happened and also they're kind of talking that they were actually going to film the second season if it did happen in the city I live in uh, in uh, Edmonton in uh, Alberta Canada they were actually going to film Dresden Files there if they did pick it up but unfortunately they never did another show I'm going to talk a little bit about too is um, not really a sci-fi show but it's um, a geek show kind of with a lot of kind of sci-fi references in it it was a cartoon called um, The Undergrads which was basically a show about um, some college students Here's just a small little clip. Gentlemen, on this the night before we depart for college, we say goodbye to our carefree high school years and each other. Look, Gimpy, college isn't that big of a deal, right? I'm sure we'll still hang out. Miss, we're going to different schools. In the same city, Rocco. We'll be too busy to see each other. It's a all the time, roomy guy. Gentlemen, please raise your glasses. We four shall never meet again. At least until Christmas. To us. To the click. To the click. Now we shall watch my Malaysian bootleg DVD of The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm really gonna miss these guys. An excuse for a sunny day. So, who wants to watch my bootleg download of Jedi? Ooh, Ewoks. Ooh. 
it's it's going to be a long four years. Yeah, basically, it's uh, it was kind of a fun show. Lots of like Star Trek and Star Wars references in it. It was uh, short-lived as well. I think um, only one season. I can't remember how many episodes. Maybe 12, 13, 14 episodes, maybe. Uh, let's say the lead character, uh, his name was Nitz, and uh, I kind of uh, always kind of really liked him. He was kind of kind of just your kind of regular guy. And he was always kind of just his friends always kind of got him kind of into trouble. And uh, it was just a, a fun show. Again, not really sci-fi um, related, but it was really um, kind of a geek show with uh, plenty of uh, sci-fi references in it. Anyways, uh, thanks, Rico, for uh, for all the you do for the podcast, doing it every week. And thanks for uh, covering this uh, topic. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing everyone's comments on it. Thanks, Rico. And uh, back to your show. Well, thanks so much, Jeff, for your comments about uh, your favorites uh, of short-lived shows. I knew you'd mention Earth Two. Yeah, if if you if people listening haven't listened to Jeff's podcast from Earth uh, about Earth Two, that was uh, I think about last uh, early last year, January of '09. I think it was maybe the first show of the new year. So just look back in the archives; you can still find that if you haven't listened to it. it it's got a, a great deal of information about Earth Two. And if you're a fan of that series, or maybe even if you haven't seen it, it will definitely interest you. So listen to Jeff's uh, podcast. And yeah, I, I agree with you about Journeyman. Obviously, I, I covered that one a little already. Just uh, it's such a shame that that show is gone and, and didn't really get a chance to continue. And uh, But thank you very much, Jeff, for your comments. I'm, I'm really happy and pleased that I got quite a few comments this week to play and intersperse between my selections. And, you know, I always try to say that, uh, you know, the views expressed on Treks and Sci-Fi are those of Rico only and do not represent the, you know, <laughs> the masses out there. And, you know, I, I try to hit a variety of subjects in different Trek episodes. And on this podcast, we're covering a lot of different sci-fi shows. But I, I enjoy it so much more when I when I get other people's take on things to a degree. You know, and I, I've always been a firm believer in that you know it, it, everyone kind of the variety of what people's tastes are and likes and dislikes are what makes the world interesting so it's great to hear from you guys about what you uh, are liking and uh miss for short-lived uh, sci-fi fantasy tv and I'm, I'm glad so far you know we've had a little overlap but not a huge amount i try i tried to pick things to me that were of recent times things that i really miss and that will segue us into my next show I've got, uh, on my particular list, I have two left. The next one is is really recent. This was an ABC series that started towards the end of last summer. And I, you know, a lot of these, all these shows, I've been saying the same thing. You know, oh, gosh, I, I, I really wish they hadn't canceled it. I wish it would had a chance to continue. But this one in particular, I, I, I probably could say that a 10, 10 or 12 or 50 more times, even more so, just because it was it had so much potential. There was so much they were setting up in, in the episodes they did air that I, I just think it's ridiculous that they didn't even give it one full season. And, and the show I'm talking about on ABC, uh, or at least that aired on ABC, I believe it was made in Canada. Um, and I'm going to play a clip here from it. It is called Defying Gravity. The Flight of Antares. Six years, seven planets, and eight astronauts. A grand tour of the solar system. 
On Earth, these astronauts knew the rules. Your training will involve everything from flight systems to launch survival. And make no mistake, we are going to challenge you. And how to break them. I don't date astronauts. What? I'm having you discharged from the program. As soon as I get back, I quit. Space changes everything. First step on Antares' voyage to the planets. Sunday, August 2nd, ABC presents this summer's biggest series premiere event. This is about what we have to do. I don't want to lie to them. We need you to visit Pod 4. Ted, what's going on? Do you know something I don't know? Zoe! of the universe they will defy human limits we are not competing we've never been i'm a friend with benefits nothing more and define their destiny this is one hell of a backyard abc's defying gravity the two-hour series premiere how many of them do you think would have gone if we told them every single one Sunday, August 2nd, 9, 8 central on ABC. Yeah, so that gives you a taste. This is a show about basically a space mission, the Antares mission that uh, involves uh, astronauts in the future. It's set in about approximately 50 years from now about this deep space mission to go out uh, to the various planets. And there are some mysterious things going on uh, that they find out over the course of the few episodes that we got to see. There are only like nine episodes that aired on on television, and there are like five other episodes, I believe. I think it's five that, uh, or they showed eight. Yeah, maybe they showed eight, and then there were five they didn't show. There's a total of 13 episodes out there. I have just about the uh, all of the others. i got to finish the last couple, but the others, if you go over to my other website, geekplay.tv, and go to the uh, video player there, the video jukebox, you can see uh, those missing episodes. You can also get the DVD set uh, that's out now for this series. Again, you know, I really enjoy shows that kind of try to keep the science somewhat realistic. You know, it's set in the future and all, but and I've always enjoyed NASA and the space program and that, and since this is about a group of astronauts, there are a lot of flashbacks to their training times, their period where they were um, training for the mission and what they were going through and the cuts, you know, like basically you start with a big group of people and it gets pared down each each time to, to cut out certain, you know, to narrow it down to a very small group of individuals who will go on the mission. And there, there's just a lot of character development. Rod Livingston um, is on the show. You'll know him from Office Space. He he's just got kind of a cool attitude I really like. I've always enjoyed his work. Lots of good. Uh, I, we've said this, I think, or I've said it for just about every show that I've covered. Uh, uh, just a terrific cast here for this show, too, which which helps it a great deal and, and makes you really believe, I think, what's going on. Now, somebody will, some people thought, and, and when they were promoting this show, and, and it happened, you know, a little bit in some of the early episodes that this was show just about, hey, look, there's sex in space, you know, astronauts doing it, at, you know, in zero G or whatever. But that this show was just so much more than that. That was just a minor point. And, and tell me you're not on like some long deep space mission with some 
pretty good looking female astronauts uh, there too that uh, you know something won't happen uh, they had these patches that they 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 said that they would wear these little it was almost like a, a nicotine patch for cigarette uh, smokers it was like an anti-sex patch that they would put on what they call them uh, halos uh, that's what they and that stood for something if i remember and they're supposed to wear these little patches which would sort of like suppress their uh there, there are certain urges <laughs> for their mission, and I don't think they worked very good, or if they did, they, they well, I don't know, but um, it really didn't happen a lot, and that was, to me, just a piece of the show. I mean, that happened in Galactica, and people didn't really, I don't think, complain a lot about it, because the show was a lot more than just that, and, you know, this is not, uh, it is not that much of the show that you really should be put off by that. Some people might, I don't know. Uh, it, it's got some serious things going on. There's there's sort of a lot of mystery and, and things that they learn about throughout the course of the episodes and the mission, things that were kept from them. Again, I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil this series, even though it did only last a short time. Check out Defying Gravity. Very much worth watching. And this is also a show that you can find out information. Do a little search online. I, I will try to link some of that stuff in the podcast notes, but if I forget, you can find out what the people, the writers and the producers and whatever, the executives that were working on uh, Defying Gravity, what they had in mind. They they really had this show kind of mapped out quite a bit about what was going to take place uh, throughout the final, you know, the rest of the season and, and the following seasons. They were on a big long trip throughout the solar system that had a lot of things they uh, were going to get involved in. So. Uh, very, very interesting stuff and a very good read. So check that out about Defying Gravity if you want to know what was in store for the crew of the Antares. Okay, next up, uh, we have Rick Moyer, uh, and uh, who supplied us with the Bob and Gebular opening uh, segment. He's got some comments about some short-lived sci-fi and fantasy shows. So here's uh, Rick and his comments. Hey, Rico, this is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen, Moyer777 on the forums. And the host to take him with you. I wanted to quickly say that one of my very favorite short-lived sci-fi shows was a show called Surface. It followed the um, really cool science fiction-y plot of these sea creatures that were gigantic and uh, changing the whole world. And, and this little guy, uh, this, this kid, that had one of the, one of the babies called Nim. And uh, we often refer to the fact that our cats look like him. But they did a, a great job at CGI on that little guy. And it, it was just a really great show. I really would have loved to see how it all turned out and panned out. But uh, we didn't get a chance to because NBC canceled it. Ah. Anyway, I enjoyed Surface. I have a lot of other ones, but that one in particular was my favorite. Thanks, Rico. Have a great day. Well, thanks for your comments, Rick, about Surface. Yeah, that uh, that was a cool show. I was almost going to mention that one again this week, but I did do that uh, uh, water, ocean slash based uh, sci-fi, wet sci-fi show. I think I called it where I I think I mentioned uh, Surface, Man from Atlantis, and some other series that uh, involving the oceans and things. It, it's uh, a great series, great stuff, and. Uh, just, just some cool things on that show. I agree with you. And it really left us in a huge cliffhanger. Had a cool cast on that show, too. So, Surface, check that out. That is out, um, I know, because I own it, that is out on DVD. So you can watch Surface 
uh, when you buy the DVDs. Okay, now we come to uh, my final my final pick for this show. Uh, I, you know, I could have covered ten of these, but I, I didn't want to overdo it. I didn't want to cover a lot. I wanted to have a chance to talk a little bit about each series. And this one is probably the ultimate, you know, for geeks, uh, I think, or, or the one that we all I, might immediately come to mind when you say, gosh, what were they thinking when they canceled this show? And, of course, I am talking about Firefly. Here's the song, baby. <laughs> take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black. Tell them I'm not coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. There's no place I can be since I found serenity. You can't take the sky from me. Yes, and there's, uh, I love, and any chance I get a ch- uh, to play that uh, theme uh, when the uh, Anomaly Girls, Jen and Angela, were singing the Firefly theme that I mixed in with some music for it. Uh, it's uh, always a good show, in my opinion. So, uh, Firefly, though, this was on Fox in the fall of 2002. Only uh, was on the air, uh, well, not even all the episodes made it on the air. There were 15 episodes, I think, total. Uh, what was it, two or three didn't make it on the air, something like that. This is the Joss Whedon, you know, space western show that, that just every cast member, the, the writing, I I'm, I could go on for a whole show, which I will some at some point in time. I will do a Firefly and Serenity podcast, I promise you. I will cover the series and the movie all in one episode or one podcast. So I'm not going to talk a huge amount, uh, but I just, you know, this show just was so cool. So fun. I love the dialogue. Uh, Joss Whedon, there was somebody said something recently. I think, um, I think it was on, on the anomaly podcast I was listening to. I think it was Angela or something that said something like Joss Whedon should write all, you know, should touch up and write all dialogue. I think they were talking about that. Alice, a sci-fi uh, series. I, I listened to that not too long ago when they talked about that Alice sci-fi miniseries that they w- that they did just uh, back in December. I think it was Angela that said this. But anyway, you know, when she's right, and I've heard other people comment, you know, Joss Whedon just has a way of writing dialogue that's just, it's just cool. It's just great. And I, I miss his show Dollhouse already, even though we got at least uh pretty much two seasons out of it and they got a chance to sort of resolve it and and end the show a little bit but firefly uh, such a such missed potential i i really sincerely uh you know completely hope we get another movie sometime the movie was excellent too uh i want to play another clip here from a firefly and then i'll come back and talk a little more that's it. We waited long enough. Let's get this bird in the air. No running way. You really should sit down. You can't just leave the captain and Zoe here. They ain't coming. We can't walk in there and get them, so they're done. Let's fire it up. What's going on? Strap in. We're taking off. We're not. Captain, do the same for you. One of us. Not in a million years. Shut it. Listen to me. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rut and command here. Now, we're finishing this deal. And then maybe 
Maybe we'll come back for those morons. Got themselves caught. You can't change that by getting all bendy. All what? Got the, the light from the console to keep you, lift you up. They shine like little angels. Did he just go crazy and fall asleep? I told him to sit down. You doped him. It was supposed to kick in a good deal sooner. I I just didn't feel comfortable with him in charge. I hope, hope that's all right. Ugh. Ah, yeah, that's good stuff there. Jane, you know, who's now seen on uh, Chuck. Adam Baldwin is on uh, Chuck. Uh, he's just cool i i just can't again say enough about how great this cast is nathan fillion now on castle uh, a lot of these uh, actors have gone on and are in other things summer glau of course has had great success in other sci-fi the terminator series she was guesting on on dollhouse as well for a few episodes it, again it's it, it, we've got morena on uh the tv series v uh, on abc which is coming back i believe in march uh, at the end of march next month hopefully that show will have a chance or that would be on uh, v could turn out to be a, another future uh short-lived sci-fi podcast i i just have a a scary feeling about it and i'm also a little concerned uh, about flash forward which is another cool show that's going on right now i want to play here's another clip from a uh, firefly that i enjoy uh, quite a bit there's a lot of clips i could play but <laughs> here's another one from firefly Light it. Time to go. God's will. Y'all see the man hanging out of the spaceship with the really big gun? Now, I'm not saying you weren't easy to find. Was kind of out of our way, and he didn't want to come to the first place. Man's looking to kill some folks. So really, it's his will, y'all, to worry about the warning. Gotta say, Doctor, without really it, folks, it's miraculous. Yes, I'm very proud. Got her down. Girl is a witch. Yeah, but she's our witch. So cut her the hell down. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, uh I I want to uh, I, I got to write down on my list. I've got a list of things that I want to bring back on my next trip home. You know, when I go home next weekend, bring back a few things, and I I, I think I want to bring back my uh, Firefly DVDs. I'd love to sit down and watch the series again. Uh, it, it's just uh, so much fun. So the writing is so sharp, the acting, everything's great. So I now have, uh, with regards to Firefly, here's a clip from uh, Ryan uh, and uh, his comments about his short-lived uh, uh, shows in this realm. And I think he's going to talk about Firefly. Hey, Rico, this is Ryan from Toronto Calling, Serenity on the Trex and Sci-Fi forums. 
Uh, calling in about your short-lived TV series, obviously what comes to my mind first is, is Firefly. I've, I've got a huge love for this show. The casting was just amazing. Everything about the show was just in, incredible. I, I loved Nathan Fillion as Mal. He was such a such a great captain, and, and who didn't love fall in love with Kaylee? And, and Jane was so crooked, but, uh, you know, you liked him at the same time. The um, the effects were good. It was you know I, I think it really set a tone for what sci-fi has become today. Um, and I just I, I can't recommend it enough to anybody who wants a just to watch a great show. And of course Joss is just Joss. He does he does amazing work. I guess too you could call Dollhouse a short-lived series as well. I guess we technically got two seasons, but really they were only half seasons. So I would I would classify that as falling into the Realm of short-lived, too. So, great job in the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Well, thank you for your comments, Ryan. Yeah, I agree completely. Joss is just great, does everything, you know, well. Uh, it's And, you know, I, I even forgot to mention, I don't know why I forgot, I've mentioned it before, but, you know, named our dog uh, Kaylee after the character on uh, Firefly. So, obviously, I have a, a great fondness for this TV show and, and the film they did, too. So, it's... Uh, it's really cool, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. And Anyway, I will do, like I said, a podcast about the whole series sometime and really give it some good coverage that it deserves. And that's going to round us, us out, or round us up, or round around. <laughs> ah, the Snapple is almost running out. i got to get, out of, uh, get off the mic. You know, what I find is, since I'm here on the weekend alone, and I get to Sunday to do this podcast, you know, I haven't talked a lot since Friday at work a little bit, and I don't really talk, frankly, a lot at my job. It's a lot of lab work, and there's not a lot of conversation, and since I'm away from home, that my voice itself, I always feel like when I get ready, and, uh, you know, I did this last weekend, and I'm doing it this weekend that I get ready to record a podcast and, you know, your vocal cords and speech and everything like that. I, I haven't just basically been talking a lot uh, over the last few weeks and, and certainly not even much yesterday. You know, maybe I got to start talking to myself more. So all I'm trying to say is if my voice sounds a little funny or if I get a little more from a little more off than maybe some of my other podcasts, I hope you guys understand I'm just all alone in this house recording and talking to a mic. <laughs> it was bad enough doing it in a basement where at least there were other people in the house uh, in the place in Michigan, but now I'm doing it in this empty house by myself. So, But I, I, I've kind of gotten used to it. I, I don't know if I would have ever been able to start a podcast with this kind of situation. That might have been a little tricky. So uh, I'm getting out of here. i got to edit this up. Uh, it's uh, been a lot of fun to cover short-lived sci-fi shows. Next week on the podcast... For Valentine's Day, we're going to have a guest podcast, which works out well. Feathers, or or Mike, on the forums is going to be talking about a Voyager episode. I think the episode is called Lifeline. It's the one involving the Doctor. I think it's from one of the later seasons. Anyway, uh, get a hold of him via the forums, or if you can, if you want to send me a comment about that episode of Voyager, I can forward it on to Mike. He's going to be covering that. My plan for two weeks from now is to do a video podcast, which should be interesting in this uh, new rental house. I'm going to do a video show about. Uh, I did a Trek fan film video cast uh, a few months back, and I wanted to do a uh, one about Star Wars fan films, which I think 
you know, they have some great Star Wars fan films out there as well. So that is the plan for two weeks from now. Hopefully I'll be able to do that and it will work out uh, with my new remote location. I guess one thing I better put on my list is to bring back my video camera or that's not going to work out at all. So I'm going to go do that right now. Write that down. So everyone, thanks so much for listening to Treks in Sci-Fi this week. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you'd like to make a donation to help support the podcast, uh, the donation links are on the main website over at treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums. We, we can always use new people over there. We've got some great uh, folks, and uh, we have some great discussions about lots of things like why Brian never wears a shirt, uh, you know, just you know, cool stuff like that. So anyway, everyone take care. Have a great week. Enjoy the Super Bowl or, or I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl and, um, you know, may the best team win and all that good stuff. But everyone talk to you again real soon. I'm off next week. We're having a guest cast, but I will see you and talk to you in two weeks, uh, with the video show that I just mentioned about star Wars fan films. Take care. Bye bye everyone. This podcast, copyright under Creative Commons License 3.0. Share it with your friends, family, dog, fish, everyone. Talk to you again next week. Bye. Na, na.